On this week's show, still banging the goals in at 40 years of age, we're here from Daddy Goals, aka Punjab United striker Paul Vines. I said six games from Wembley. I said, could you could you imagine sitting down your last game of football, um, whoever it may be at Wembley? I said it would. It, it, they're the sort of things you dream of as a boy. And looking ahead to a tough test in the FA Trophy, we have a chat with High Town Manager Steve Watts. We know the task we've got ahead of us. Um, it's a very big one, but it's something we'll that we relish, that even the players relish. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Ken Only Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. Uh, the vagaries of half-term, midweek fixtures and an insanely early recording slot. I mean, we've only got two interviews for you this week, but if I do say so myself, they're both really interesting chats. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who's still his way home from work less than eight hours ago. Another one now is a man who can't possibly ever take his dog to Cravel and leave it with the players while he does his commentary because why, Matt Gerard? I've got no idea. They can't keep that. They can't, can't hold on to the lead. On to a lead we? Yeah. There we go. How are you, my friend? Not bad, not bad, mate. Not bad. It's early because we're normally doing this 10 o'clock yeah, in the evening. It's 10 past eight in the morning on half term. So we're about to get out of bed. Well, you and me both, my friend. Um, yeah. Well, well, yeah, we, you've been working late. I, you know, I was, pro- I was in bed. At- Oh, past nine yesterday, so really for me, it's standard. Well, exactly. Uh, have you had a good half term so far? Uh, not too bad. Weather's not great, is it? We're off out today, and we've got something planned on Friday. So, yeah, October is just that funny sort of time, isn't it? Where the weather could be rubbish. Um, and of course, in the summer holidays, you're always doing something. But so we've been doing sort of a bit, of, bit of DIY, a bit of this, bit of that. Nothing uh, too expensive exciting or strenuous but we've got a busy day today so yeah make the most of it excellent yes it is a funny one of course the clocks go back this weekend so that's depressing isn't it well it is because when we look at when we take the dog out at six o'clock it's going to be dark and and i hate walking in the dark because it's just depressing same old things we can't take her on the beach so yeah it's you get you get the extra hour in bed but um unfortunately there's there's payback for that really so when I get home from work, it'll be dark. Yeah, it's, it's, I suppose, get Halloween out of the way. It'll soon be Christmas. That's the only thing keeping you going, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I personally think we shouldn't change the clocks. I think we should leave them on summertime. Yeah, I uh, think you're right, though. And, you know, the, the, I always remember when I was a kid, I said to my mum, why do we change the clocks? And my mum said, well, there was one summer that we didn't. And loads of children got run over. So we decided oh, right. that, we, that we couldn't. But I'm going to point out this is in the 1970s or the 1960s when when my mother was a a, a youngster and times have changed since then. There's a lot more street lighting about a lot more better lighting on cars, et cetera, et cetera. But for me, the thing I don't understand is surely most civilised people are at home at half five, something like that, at normal hours and stuff. So surely it's better from an energy point of view to have it being lighter later into the evening because you don't have to turn the lights on so early, you know, and everything like that. So, I, you know, it just would make, it would probably save us so much money, all of us, on our, our electricity bills, to have that extra hour of not having to have the lights on. I don't understand it. And like you say, it's dep- I mean, I start work so late, there'll probably be times where it's not far off getting dark when I get to work. I mean, that is really depressing, isn't it? Uh, it's one of these things that it has to go through so many hoops and loops of governments if they wanted to do this. I'm, I'm, it'll be in the over the weekend, there'll be people saying, yep, yeah, stop it, stop it, stop it. But then you never get anywhere. So, but yeah, it's just, I, it, well, now we've got the dog, it's just more you get in from work, it's just dark, and you have to pound the streets rather than, because we're lucky, we can go on the beach, but it's just pounding the streets of 
The only thing is we just nose at people's houses when we go past, really. And realise that people and realise that people never close their curtains when it's dark and you just look into their houses. Soon they'll be all uh, all lit up by Christmas lights though. So well, yeah, well I think well, I think we did see some well Halloween now, people have gone big on that, but you know, that's their own city fault. Apparently, um Fee knows someone who's already got their Christmas lights up. The kids did ask yesterday when they were going up, but not first week of December. That's putting my foot down there. Look. Italian. I want to take you back uh, almost a month ago. You said September was a rubbish month. Well, I mean, having been born in September and actually met my life partner in September, I completely disagree because look how crap October really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, looking out there, it's cold and miserable. Yeah, but but again, as I'm a summer child, you see, summer's the the way forward. But you just have to get on with it, and so it will soon be Christmas, as they say. Well, exactly. Uh, it's our 270th episode this week and Google did not hesitate to take me straight to the Nike Air Max, sorry, Nike Air Max 270, a pair of hideously expensive trainers that I'm sure all the kids want to be wearing. Uh, they're so named because apparently there is 270 degrees of visibility in the air units around the shoe. I understand very few of those words. Uh, there's also... A oh, right it's, it's not to do with basketball when you have to do a 270 to nope. score them. No, it's something to do with the with the visibility in the air. Isn't there 360s as well? There isn't there. Is that like 360s? I don't know. Jordan 360s. I I wear tatty Converse. I, I, you know, Um, there's also a (laughs) rifle cartridge called the. uh, 270 Winchester, which was designed 100 years ago uh, in 1923. And it's also the number of electoral votes it will take to win the 2024 US presidential election. Now, our electoral system is moderately complicated, but it's a walk in a park compared to that lot over there, I'd say. Well, yeah, well, I see Arnold Schwarzenegger wants to, I've read um, when I goes up ridiculously early, he thinks he'd make a good president. So um, I don't think he's American, so he can, can he do it? I don't really know. Maybe he's an American citizen. But, there you go. but again, if Arnold Schwarzenegger gets it, we might as well go home. You just said when I was up ridiculously early, this is ridiculously early. What, what are you talking about? Well, 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 I was up a little bit earlier than that, because normally, of course, mm. I get up at six. But uh, so I, your, your brain automatically wakes you up at six anyway, but at least I can snuggle back down um, from that. But it is ridiculously early for us anyway. So. Yeah, I was actually talking electoral systems. I was trying to explain ours to an American over the weekend. Uh, and, you know, it's difficult when you say, yeah, well, it's not the we don't vote for the prime minister, but we kind of do. And very, you know, it, it is strange. It's all, it's all very strange. Uh, we should have a, a proportional representation rather than first past the post. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Um, we're going to start in the scaffold for what feels like the first time in ages. Uh, as a quieter week away from the madness of the FA Cup, it gave me a chance to take stock and get someone on that I've wanted for a while, actually. Uh, it's been a momentous start to the season for a real legend of Kent non-league who has bagged his 650th goal and celebrated his 40th birthday already this campaign. A well-known face across the county is currently doing his thing at Punjab United, where he combines being daddy goals with his first steps into coaching. It is, of course, Paul Vines. I spoke to him yesterday, starting with reflections on a big week for his current club, after beat Cray Valley in the Kent Senior Cup and Lid Town in the FA Vars. I think we've um, yeah, we've been building for the last couple of seasons. Um, squad depth and, and starting eleven has um, has got stronger. Um, and you know, between the Gaffer Chip and, and Jason and, and, and everybody else involved. Um, it's just been a good process of, of tweaking things and working out where we wanted to improve and and learning how to be a little bit more successful, I suppose. 
I think that's the thing for Punjab, isn't it? So since we've been doing this podcast, they, they started off, they went one promotion into the scaffold. And I think when they came up to the scaffold, it was a bit of a learning curve for them. But I think, as you say there, you, you've built and, and, you, and you've got better every season. Yeah, they, they had previous successes um, at, at the lower levels and, and it was quite rapid. And then they kind of plateaued. And when I came, um, that was one of the conversations I had with Chip, um, was about the difficulties of manoeuvring yourself into a position where you want to go again. Um, <clears throat> I've been fortunate enough to play sort of a couple of leagues above uh, and I know where sort of teams have been successful and how they've gone about it. Um, and it, like, like I said previously, it's just been a, a process of you can't force it, you can't rush it because you've got to learn and understand exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it too. Um, and it feels like it's starting to pay dividends now. Like with the players that are, the club gets a bit more respect. Um, you, you attract slightly um, pe- different pedigree of player um, and that obviously makes life a whole lot easier for everybody too. I suppose it's tough as well because Punjab probably aren't one of the financial big hitters in the division and there are some clubs putting some money about, aren't there? Yeah, yeah even some of the boys that came up came came sort of swinging their pockets. Um, so it's there's that challenge um, and, you know, it was kind of a little old Punjab um, thing too. Um, so you, you kind of have to balance it with good decisions and... Um, and well-balanced ones. And, and Chippy, like I say, to be fair to him, like he, he takes a lot of the credit in that respect because it isn't easy um, as, as a non-league chairman, I imagine, to, to balance, make sure everything's balanced and, and, and keep folks on the right things. But um, I'd say he's doing a really good job of it. Hey, the most enthusiastic man in Kent football for me, Chippy. <laughs> Is he always cheerful? Um, well, not necessarily at half time, but um, <laughs> um, but generally, Chip's a good man. Everybody says so. I, I don't know anybody that says otherwise. Um, and to be honest with you, um, heading towards sort of the end of my sort of career, um, I've, I've found myself sort of landing here. And after one conversation with Chip, it, it was he was the reason why I'm still here, um, because I bought into him as a person, and then it was so much easier to buy into the club thereafter. And I suppose for you, as, as you say, you are getting towards the end of your career. It's a good opportunity to get into the management side of things and the coaching and see how that works and pass on your your, your experience and wisdom. Yeah, I think I've done my level two a few a few years back and um, I probably will consider it. I'm, I'm, it's still so close and I'm not done where I'm not, I haven't closed the door yet. I, I find it difficult to consider losing the competitive side of football because that's what it's all about for me. Um, coaching would be lovely if I can find still find the reward in it because um, at the moment it's the three points um, and the, and scoring goals and that, that's my big thing um, but I, I think I'll, one way or another I'll end up falling into it um, whether I like it or not uh, You say about scoring goals you, you got your 650th early in this season how did you keep count of all these? Well I've always my target has always been um, 20 a season. I never wanted, and there's only one year that I never hit 20. So, as a striker, at the end of the year, you you, you know, you, whether it was with social media, whether it was something, you always made a point of telling that you got a golden boot. So, your golden boot often says how many you've got on it. And um, it wasn't until a few years back that I was talking to my brother about somebody we knew um, who had posted a, um, a post on Instagram about he scored his 300th goal. So, I went back and looked at my scrapbook <laughs> and um, I was like there's a few in here mate like so we had a little giggle over it and I thought you know what from here from that point onwards I'm gonna I'm gonna mark it so that 
because you're going to get questioned, obviously. Like it's, um, but I thought, no, I'm going to make a thing of it because you know when I'm when I'm done, that, that's the end of that, and that's for me. Football's been a big part of my life for 25 years, playing three times a week, um, and that's been that's been my job is to go out there and score goals. So in my head, it's like yeah, win, lose or draw. If you, if you get one, let everyone know about it, kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, funny enough, I was just in back. I chatted to Andy Constable a couple of years ago when he got his 400. He was like, oh, Vines is always keeping count. So, you know, I, I, I just came across me. So, it was, it, it, it's amazing, you know, to, to score 650 goals and to still be playing at 40. I mean, that says a lot about your, your character and, and, and your fitness, I suppose. Yeah, you, you don't get me wrong. You have to adjust. It, things get harder. Um, it, it's, it's never as easy on a, on a Sunday morning when you walk sideways downstairs and, and things like that. But... Um, yeah, you, you kind of adapt your game and, and you, you know, perhaps you also come sort of back down the levels a little bit too. But I think um, a lot of it is is down to desire. Um, okay, and what, what football gives back to me? Uh, I don't, to get too deep, but when I'm done, like I, I will be at a loss for sure because, um, and I think many sort of footballers and non-league footballers will probably feel the same, but... Um, it's a, it's a very big part of our lives and um, to lose it, I think, you know, it's not, it's not something that's very easy to replace. So I just wanted to make the most of it for as long as I could and whilst I was doing it, um, be in a condition to, to do it to the best of my ability. I think I'm almost there. I think if I go again, I'd probably lose a little bit too much of my liking and I don't want to be that guy who people think oh, I stay too long. So I've got my target. Um, I'm 40 years old. And if we can sort of pull something out of the hat this year with Punjab, it would be a lovely way to bow out. I was just saying, you obviously had the great success of winning the Kent Senior Trophy last season. Uh, the FA yeah. you were in on Saturday, you had a great win over Lid, and now you've got um, either Rocky or Lords with away in the next round. You know, yeah. you'd love to go deep in that, wouldn't you? Oh, I said to our number two, Jason Powell, um, in a week, I said, oh, I said, six games from Wembley. I said, could you, could you imagine sitting down your last game of football um, whoever it may be at Wembley, I said it would. It, it, they're the sort of things you dream of as a boy. I said, and that's the way that you have to approach things. Um, I've all, I'm still the same. I, I, you go into every game thinking any, any way possible, um, and um, yeah, that that would be the, the dream. And for a club like Punjab as well, just just giving them that little bit of success and a, and a nice run would be good. Um, so we'll, we'll give it our all. Uh, you move on, you got in, in, well, I know you've got a league game on Wednesday night, but we'll have recorded the show by then. But Saturday, you've got Lid Town again. So I guess yeah. they'll know what to expect from you this time, won't they? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I think they, they kind of already did. Um, and and, and they, they made some adaptions themselves. I don't know if that was enforced or, or purposeful. But, um, you know, we've, we, we don't want to um, give anybody an easy ride anymore. I think that we've got a squad that we can adapt to uh, where necessary. And, and that's what we try to do. We try to be ready and at our best for our next opponent. Uh, just finally, I suppose, you, you've been in, in and around this league for, for a long time. How would you rate the strength of it compared to where it was when you started and, and where it's been the last few years? It's kicked on again, that's for sure. Like I say, money um, does make a difference um, because we're, the teams are pulling players from leagues and, and leagues and leagues above that too. Um, so, you know, there's a few big hitters. Um, which will have all the expectation on those. But um, I think oftentimes, you know, with the right um, decision-making and and the right choice of players, you can, you can mix it. And that's, that's what we aim to do, mate. 
what, what would be a successful season for Punjab? You, you know, everyone's got those eye on those playoff places, isn't it? Because it, it gives everyone something to aim for. And um, I suppose you just want to finish as high as you can and, and enjoy yourselves and, and give give the big teams a fright when you can. Yeah, we last year we set ourselves as a, a, a sort of a quiet target of top ten in silverware, and we came tenth and won the Kent Cup. Um, and nobody expected that of, of Punjab. Um, everybody at the start of the season would, would written us off. Was we were relegation battle but, um, that was what it was expected and then we, we played deal in a cup final we were 23 unbeaten um, game run and we beat them 6-0 um, and that was that was on, us on the way up and we, we're still sort of transcending we're still we're still pushing to be better so I think you know we've already shown that we can mix it with, 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 with the boys the big boys this year um, if we persevere what, it would definitely be to improve on our top 10 pace Silver will be slightly more difficult to come by because we've changed into the other cup, which is predominantly um, a higher caliber of um, opposition. But um, yeah, I, I think I always say, why not? Why not? Why not top five? Um, if we can get some, keep some consistency over the Christmas period, who knows? I really enjoyed that chat, Matt, with a real legend of the game here in Kent. And of course, we're not getting carried away. But wouldn't it be the perfect finale if they could go all the way in the Vars? <laughs> well, it's the the greatest story never told, wouldn't it? If that actually happened, from what he was saying in that interview, which was really quite enlightening, I thought. Oh, fantastic achievement. Good result for them at the weekend. Clearly, he'd like to go out on a note, but 650 career goals, that's good going. I'm just looking back. I, I remember back in the day, he's, he's still a bit of a Bromley hero when you... 20 years. I didn't realise he was 40. Um, really good player at that level. Um, yeah, I, I, I found that inter- interview really interesting because I don't think he wants to give up on the game, does he? You know, if he'd been part of your life probably since he was, what, 10, 12, 30 years playing football, it is like a drug for him, I think, really. And he doesn't want to give it up. Punjab is a good club to be at. Um, and what a dream it would be if he could end his career at Wembley. What a story that would be as well. And, and, and sometimes football's got a way of bringing up stories. Absolutely, yeah. It would be, you know, absolutely phenomenal. And I hadn't even really thought of that until he, until he just kind of said about it. And, and it, you know, it's in his mind already. And, and like I said to you before we started recording, and I've had in my mind I wanted to get Paul on. Uh, and I was delighted I was able to get it sorted out yesterday morning because, you know, it's, it's really interesting. And I remember before I listened to it, I mentioned it in there. I, I went back and listened to when I spoke to Andy Constable when he got his... Uh, 400th goal, which was the back end of the 21-22 season. And, you know, th- these guys are, are names that are synonymous with, with non-league football in the county. And and it's great, actually, I think, that Paul Vines is in at Punjab United because Chippy, as I said to him there, the most enthusiastic man in football. But I actually think that perhaps the experience and the nous that Paul has got of playing for so long is going to be a great lift to Punjab United because... You know, they've got some good players there that are coming through trying to make a name for themselves and they're going to be learning off, off one of the best. And, and and I think that's that's such a massive thing. You know, he said he did his badge a, a long time ago and everything like that. So he's been thinking about it for a while. But it feels to me, actually, that him and a club like Punjab seem like a really good fit. Yeah, I think Punjab, a club on a, on, on, a, on a rolling sort of thing, right, we've done well to get to this level. Now you're bringing in players like, Paul Vines, um, for, he's been there a couple of years now, but just to try and take him to the next level because he's a winner at this level. That experience can only help the players. So, 
uh, you think about Chippy, he could, you know, Paul Vines, you know, has played at a lot of levels. Um, he's given, you know, he could have come in there, Billy Big Balls, but clearly hasn't. Absolutely loves working with it. Credit for Chippy for that. And they can only, you know, they've been on the outskirts for a while, Punjab, and they, you know, getting used to this division and probably still are a little bit. But the experience that Paul Vines can bring and the other players they've got, who've got that little bit of experience, can only only benefit them. So, you know, the result they had in the Vars on Saturday, you know, six games for Wembley. Why not give it a go? Maybe put your efforts into that. And, well, clearly, Paul Vines, is he's never going to give more than a, less than 110% each game. So, yeah, I, I really found that interesting interview. Um, interview interesting. You know, football is a tough old sport. And he's had it for 20 years and it can be a, um, a bit brueling for people. And, you know, we saw that last week, you know, a sad story of Neil LeBean, um, the former Dover man. Uh, so it can be, but he, clearly he wants to give something back to the game. And, and it is a drug that is for him. And he could have, you know, put up his boots, but he wants to give something back to it. And Punjab's probably the good, the the, the club, a good club to give it back to because they're on the club on the up who want to succeed. And with Paul Vines in, they're always going to have a chance. Yeah, I think I, I kind of said it in there, but they, they've done it the right way, I suppose. Punjab, you know, they didn't try and run before they could walk when they got promoted to this level. Now, when you're a, a new young club like that, you know, you have to you have to build, you have to stabilise, you have to almost not put yourself under any expectations to do really well. Um, and, you know, they've not thrown endless amounts of money at it. Uh, they, and they could have done at times, wouldn't they? When you look at other teams, oh, well, we don't want to get left behind. But I think they've built themselves as a, a solid side at this level. Yeah, and people know about the ethos of the club, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, that they're building something there that's much bigger than a scaffold first team on a Saturday. They're trying to, you know, every time I talk to Chippy, it's all about that, isn't it? But, you know, that they're doing doing great things in that community and they're they're building in the right the right way. And it and it does feel like they are trying to go to the next level. And, you know, I'm I'm sure like everybody says, every manager says, well, we'd never go out to not win a game of football. But I'm sure that Chippy knows, you know, if you keep plugging away, you keep growing season by season, come the end of it, you will be in four or five years' time or whenever, they'll be ready to make that next step. It's In a way, it's a little bit like Corinthian. You know, that they, they stuck in with Michael Golden for, for a few years and they just got stronger and stronger as, as, as that time went on. The players got more experienced, the management got more experienced and eventually they got to the FAVAR semi-finals and they, and they got promoted. And, and I think, you know, Paul Vines kind of hit on that a little bit when he said, you know, last year our aim was finish 10th and get, get some silverware. You know, it, it's step by step rather than jump by jump, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that's right. You know, maybe the, the Vars is going to be their priority now after that good result against Lid in the week. So, we, we, you know, you always see it. If you, you know, they've got the club ethos correct and you, um, they've got the words out. People know about Punjab um, in the, what they're trying to do off the pitch as well, which I think is absolutely great. And, you know, if they can get that going on the pitch, which I think they are anyway, but going up, but, there will be a point, I think, they'll think, right, we've got to this point now as a club, let's go one step further. And uh, people with Paul Vines, he could be there, we might be doing another coaching job, but he'll be part of their history, which is good to see. Yeah, and it's interesting, like you said, about you know how football is is so addictive to these people and how it is a, does leave a massive void. Uh, and, and you know, he, you could hear there, he was like, I'm going to miss it. I mean, he'd actually been watching uh, Tottenham on Monday night and he was very pleased with how they performed uh, as well. Well, he wasn't actually that performance, very pleased with their league performance. Um, and 
but it is difficult when you're used to that every Saturday afternoon, you know, because having worked in football journalism for most of my career, I've had periods where I haven't done that. And like on a Saturday afternoon, initially, it was quite weird. You know, you I remember having there were times when I was like walking around on a Saturday afternoon and, and I still sometimes get that now at three o'clock and I'm thinking hang on a second, I feel like something's missing. Is, is this what mm. life's normally like on a Saturday afternoon? And, you know, that's just someone who writes about football. So people who, you know, spend a large part of their week looking forward to that three o'clock Saturday moment, it must be completely bizarre if you have to completely step away from it. Well, you think you're training as well, Tuesday and Thursday. So your life revolves around that. And these are, these are players who are getting paid mega money as well. So it's just a drug. And, and it really sort of hit home, I think, probably, to, I don't know if it hit home to him there saying, well, I'm 40 now. This could be it. Um, yeah, so it is yeah, It's an interesting point. It'll be good to speak to him maybe if, if this is his last season, at the end of the season, of what he's going to do to fill that void. Clearly, I think he wants to give something back to the game. But yeah, football's a cru- and probably football said it, football can be a, a cruel game as well as a, a lovely game as well. But clearly, he still continues to love the game. Absolutely. And I suppose at least he's avoiding children's birthday parties, which I understand <laughs> can be a, a big thing on Saturday uh, afternoons. Punja, one of seven scaffold sides to make it into the second round of the FA Vars after a mixed weekend of results where nine from the league barreled out and two more followed on Tuesday night. Uh, going through were Holmesdale, who won a 10-goal thriller with Corinthians 6-4. Uh, Glebe won 1-0 at Larkfield and New Hythe. Tumage Wells beat Little Common 3-2, thanks to Trevor McCready's hat-trick. We've discussed that Punjab beat Lid by three goals to one. Uh, Snodland beat Stansfield 2-0. Uh, as well as those four who were playing Kent teams, uh, it was also the end of the road to Wembley for Staples Monarchs as they lost 5-0 at Athletic New and Visha lost 3-1 one to Wembley. Uh, Greenways were beaten 4-1 by Lingfield. Hollands and Blair went out 3-2 at North Greenford. And Sutton Athletic was 3-0 at home to Holyport. And then on Tuesday night, two games that were postponed on Saturday. Beerstead lost 4-1 at Eastbourne United, while a last-minute goal saw Lordswood lose out to Roffey. Only two of the sides that went into the hat were drawn at home as well, uh, with Irith Town, who entered the competition at this stage, taking on Peacehaven and Telscombe. And Holmesdale will be at home to Haywards Heath. Uh, Punjab United will go to Roffey. Uh, Glebe will go to Burnham. Deal, who also come into it at this stage, go to Newhaven. Snodland are off to Farnham and Tunbridge Wells will go to Lingfield. There was just a solitary league game on Saturday in the scaffold where Deal won 3 to it with Town. Before on Tuesday night, there was a massive win for Lidtown as they won 4-2 at Faversham. One of three 4-2 scorelines on a night where all seven games ended in away wins. Deal Town were beaten 3-0 at <laughs> home by Snodland. Whitstall 4-2 victors at Kennington as the Homelands pitch had its first run out of the season. Whale Odidoyan scored a hat-trick as Homesdale were the other 4-2 winners, this time at Rostall. It was 2-0 for Tunbridge Wells at Stansfield. And Irith Town also won 2-0 at VCD. And while Glebe won 3-2 at Wellingtown. Seven games, seven away wins. How about that? I know what odds would have been that. Big, big, couple of big results. Snodland winning against Deal, which is a bit of a shock because Deal have been in good form. And Lid. Opening up the uh, championship race with a good result against Faversham. Bizarrely, they finished playing each other in by the end of October. Uh, I don't know the fixtures on how it worked out, but that's a massive result there. And burst a little bit of bubble for um, for Faversham a little bit. So, and Glebe on top of the table. So, again, I think it's probably still Faversham's to throw away, but shows they are, they can get, can be get at, but quite tight at the top of these. If these teams had sort of played the same amount of games, John, it's 
quite interesting in the top. I think a few sides thinking, right, you know, maybe the title's not out of reach here if you go on a bit of a run. I think that's the thing. I think it is a very tight division. You know, we we wondered, Fabrician did have a little bit of a slow start, but then it looked like they'd hit their straps. So they still lost three games yeah. uh, so far this season. I mean, they are the top scorers with 36 goals. Uh, they've let in 19, which is, you know, one one of the best, but not the best. I mean, look at Lordswood. They've only played nine, but they've they've only conceded nine goals. Um, but yeah, it is tight at the top. You know, you've got five points between the top five. Um, Deal and Whitstable, I've got games in hand. They'll also be looking at it thinking, you know, we're in good shape. But again, as you say, Matt, it's, it's mad. We've got some teams have played 14 games. We've got one that's played eight. Um, and and Lead Town will be looking at this thinking, well, we're quite well placed. Because if they win their six games in hand over Irith Town, they're five points in front of them. If they win their four games over Favish, in hand over Faversham, they're, they're closing the gap to them as well. So, you know, it is very tight it is very interesting. And I, and I don't think... For a second, and I'm sure Sammy Moore never thought this for a second, but I don't think it's as much of a of a one horse race as, as a lot of people have thought it's going to be. Well, I, I think that that result last night, which I, somebody texted me at nine o'clock saying, "Have you seen the score?" I thought, "Wow, that was a a big result." The first thing they've had at home, um, and then with Deal losing as well, we've been on a bit of a roll. Yeah, that, that's opened up the league with an amazing amount. I didn't notice they were all away wins, but yeah, interesting division, really interesting division. I, Again, I'm, I presume the fiction is going to come thick and fast with Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday coming up. So we will probably by Christmas know a little bit more. But yeah, really interesting. A lot of sides will be thinking, particularly after that result last night, you've got a chance. And Glebe, top of the table, points in hand. Um, again, I don't know if they've got to play Favisham, but we'll have to wait and see. So uh, again, these sides will lift their game against Favisham. So it's not going to necessarily be Favisham's um, to run away with at the moment. Yeah, I think Leeb have still got to play Favisham twice. I don't know if you if you're aware of that's how leagues work. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's it's, it's amazing. And I suppose Deal Town's weekend is kind of a snapshot of this league at the moment. Go to Irith Town, who are in good form and win, and then lose at home to Snodland. And I think what it is is there's a lot of good sides in and around that top nine, top ten, who can all beat each other. Yeah, you know, and and I think that that's been that's been illustrated by this week. You know, if you look. In fact, probably even further down. There's just anyone can be anyone. I think in in this league at certain times. You know, I'm looking at results that have happened in, recently. Corinthian lost at Homesdale in the Vars. You know, but they've beaten near the town away. It, it, there's there's just so many games in that competition that you just think you can look at them and think that result might happen, but the exact opposite could easily happen as well. And and, and say last night seven away wins. It, it just illustrates that actually this is a, a really good league once again. Well, fantastic league. Um, maybe other sides, you know, we know what Faversham are doing. Other sides are trying to try. Let's prove things wrong. You don't necessarily need a lot of money. As long as you've got um, that camaraderie and know what you're doing at this level, you can cause shock. So, I, I'm, yeah, I was clearly Lid. Um, and I think the good thing about Lid, bouncing back from the defeat against Punjab to beat Faversham is shows the character and they have got games in hand so maybe it may be going out the trophy the VAR sorry could be a bit of a um, you know kickstart they needed to to move up the table so yeah interesting start interesting season this year absolutely uh, on Saturday Beerstead host Corinthian it's deal against Rustall Fisher against Lordswood leaders Glebe go to Hollands and Blair it's Kennington against Stansfeld Punjab meet Lid again as I discussed with Paul Vines it's Snodland against Sutton Athletic Tunbridge Wells take on Faversham 
Irith Town go to Wellingtown and Whitstable meet VCD. Uh, there were three games in the first division on Saturday. They're all home wins and they were all not in the official Kent Nonley podcast patch. As Whiteleaf beats Bryden Roach 7-1, Croydon Soft TT Beck 3-1 and Lewisham Borough beat Fabian Strike Force 4-1. Uh, it's the Division 1 Cup next weekend and then the Scaffold Challenge Cup next midweek as well. You can find all of those fixtures on the Scaffold website. Uh, let's head up to the Eastman League South East where for once this season the league was actually the number one priority uh, with wins on Saturday for Ashford over Merston 3-2, uh, Ramsgate 2-0 at Broadbridge Heath and Cray Valley who were 4-0 winners at East Grinstead. Uh, Beckham and Herne Bay shared six goals but there were defeats with Phoenix Sports at home to Lansing and Sheffield United who lost out 3-2 at home to Horndean. Uh, Hightown were also in action on Saturday and for the second time in three league games they were pegged back uh, to finish 2-2. Frustration then for boss Steve Watt, who I also spoke to yesterday. That, that seems to be the story of our season, really, at the moment. We're, we're conceding unnecessary goals. You look at Saturday, and it, the, both goals are, are settled, they're, they're, they're our own doing, really. So, I mean, from that point of view, it's disappointing. But as I said, um, we've been in that position a couple of times this year. We've been in top of games, and we've We've not pushed the self-destruct button as such, but we've made a silly mistake that's led to a goal um, that's cost us points. So, um, so that was very much the the feeling on Saturday. But look, the reaction from Saturday was good. We conceded really early again from a mistake, but um, Ben got two quick goals, if you like, um, two goals in three minutes, I think it was, to go to go two one up. So the reactions are fantastic from the players at the minute. They, from from setbacks, and you look at the Concord game as well, where we get we're really in control of the game. We get pinned back twice, but still managed to find a way. And even same Saturday, we Johan couldn't. It was a bit like Gaza against um, Germany, but from about a yard out, he couldn't get his studs on the end of the ball. Flashed across goal in the last minute, and then Ethan Smith has a goal disallowed in the last kick of the game for a foul. So as I said, we're still reacting really well, which is pleasing. And um, but as I said, where we've, if you like, built such a main defence last year, the only disappointing thing is we're conceding goals that I think as a group we know we shouldn't be conceding. I guess it's frustrating because if you'd won on Saturday and you'd beaten Ashford when you were ahead, like you'd be in a, in a much better position in the league. But even so, you've not had a bad start to the season, have you? Yeah, that's really, I'm really pleased with the start we've had. Um, I said obviously we lost at Irith, but we should have been about four or five nil up before they even scored. It was one of those days. Um, so as I said, we, we, we've certainly dropped points and could have been in a really comfortable and, and commanding position, if you like. But we're still in, in the pack where we should be, really. You know, so it's it's one of them where you look you look at the start of last year and this year, you think we're in a better position now than what we were. And you looked how we ended last year. I think this team will only get stronger as it goes on. I say every season, yeah, teams are not never. You never the one season's never the same to the next. You know, you're, we're a different team than last year. We got different qualities than last year, and doesn't mean necessarily because we were so good. If you like defensively last year, we're going to be as good this year. I still think we are. Saturday, they scored their equaliser. Saturday with their only shot in the whole second half. So it's like, that's a, it's, it. Just seems to be at the minute that any little mistake we make gets punished. You know, we went through that period last year about the end of it. So I'm sure we will this year but the most pleasing thing for us one thing I want to address in the summer was I don't think we scored enough goals last year um, so we, we've added I think goals to the team Jake Embry and Brad Schaefer for the likes of that Aaron Barnes we brought in so we brought in a lot a, a lot more quality if you like to, to allow us to score more goals and that's certainly showing you know it's it's um, we're scoring a lot of goals which is good 
Um, I said the last year was the one goal was enough for us to win games a lot of the time. And since maybe it's not going to be that way this year, maybe we need to score more goals in opposition. So they said it's early in the season where you've got to, you're still figuring out what your team's going to be this year and and how things are going to shape up, if you like. But um, but no, I'm pleased with the start. I think I, I can't. Someone said the other day. I think we've only lost three games in like 14 or something like that. I think including the cup competition. So. Um, as I said, in terms of that point of view, we're, we're in a good position. We're, we're, we're playing well, which the pleasing thing is. You know, I think last year when when we went through that tricky period at this time last year, the start of the season, I don't think we were playing particularly well and we were losing games and such. But this year seems to be different where we really are playing really well. And if if anything, we're just get, we're getting a little bit hard done by, by, by unnecessary mistakes, if you like. You mentioned Jake Embry there. I mean, obviously he's had a bit of an up and down last few years, hasn't he? He had the move to Maidstone and, didn't, and he's been hit by injuries and stuff. But I suppose for him, just to be able to have somewhere that he can call home, know he's going to be one of the main men and, and, and start scoring goals is all he needs, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Look, if, if I'm being honest, Jake's been one of our best performers this year. He has. He's been fantastic. But he has had the goal with Tom that he's deserved, if I'm being honest. You know, we've we spoke about with Friday and Art. We, like, we brought him in. We know what Jake's about. We know he's going to get goals, but we've all been really pleased with the other side of the game he's given us. His he's, he's work ethic, his attitude has been unbelievable. And um, it's great to see. Not that I would question that before, but if you think about Jake Embry, you're fasting your associates' goals, you know, but the, the, his, his willingness to do the other side of the game is something, obviously, I've not worked with him before, but when I played against him, I hadn't seen that side of him, if you like. So that was really pleasing to see him come in and, and do that and, and I said the way he's bought into what we're about here, and I've been so pleased from him. He started to get that return of goals. You know, he scored three in his last two goal games, um, which is good. But he should, and he's deserved a lot more. Um, but as I said, as I said to him to come in, so he's going to be in an environment where he's going to be trusted to do what he's good at. Not going to ask him to do what he's not good at. And um, he, if anything, he's going to be able to play with a smile on his face, which you can see. You know, he's obviously. He says, I said he's in a good reign of form at the minute, scoring two and three, uh, three and two games, and and long will that continue. But I said I would certainly say he's been one of our better performers this year. Um, and although he hasn't got maybe the the goals he deserves, he's certainly contributed to a lot of goals with, with assists or or key actions that to, that's resulted in a goal. You know, he's he's been a, he's been a, he's been a really good sign, and 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 we've been all over the moon with him. Uh, FA Trophy on Saturday, a, a big game, a, a local derby a, against a good side in Ramsgate. Yes, well, it's it's a very like Ben, like Ben's done really well. But now, as I said, built a, a really good team and um, really good squad, um, and it's great to see him get to the FA Cup first round. I was saying the other day that so pleased for likes of Ben, Marker, Cray, and and our mate Shepherd. I think it's fantastic. Clubs at our level are getting to the first round properly. You know, obviously, you all want it to be your club. You all want to be with the position they're in now. But I'm certainly one of these managers and people to, who are really pleased to see clubs from our level um, get to the first round because it's really special. We've done it in Maidstone, and I've been part of that. And you want that for your players. You want that for your football club. And as I said, you want that for clubs at your level because it is it is a fantastic achievement. And um, as I said, they're, they're they're enjoying a great a great time at the minute, but we all know how difficult it is to come to Hive. You know, it's something we've created. Um, it's particularly last year. Um, they were the last team to beat us in the league at uh, uh, Art Hive, Art Reachfield, which was boxing 
Boxing um, Day uh, last year. It's the last game we've lost in the league at home. So um, it was the last game we'd lost at home to, uh, before Harmworth beat us in the FA Cup this season. So we know the task we've got ahead of us. Um, it's a very big one. But it's something we, that we relish at Hive and the players relish. So we'll we'll um, go into that game and try and what we do in every game. We never go into a game trying to get a point or trying to get a draw. We'll go and try and win every single game we possibly can. So we'll do that Saturday as I'm, as I'm sure Ben will be doing with his players and I think it'll be a great game of football. It'd be nice to have a, a run in the trophy. Would it? I mean, you've already beaten Concord so you kind of know anything can happen in this competition and, you know, always it one round and then the National League South teams come in. So, you know, it'd be good good for the club and, and good to put your, your name on the map if you can get through and, and get a big tie in the next round. Yeah, well, look, that's, that's one thing we spoke about. Obviously, the next round you could get the likes of like a Maidstone away with a
they'll be in there and about there. And they know, if, as he said, they're good at home, right? So, and a lot of teams will will suffer that when they go to Reachfield. And interesting said about Jake Embry there as well. You know, a name. Uh, you know, he, he had a good start at Herne Bay. Then he got that move to Maidstone. He's been struck by injuries. He's, he's flitted around a little bit, but almost feels like he's found a home at Hyde for now. Yeah, I think he scored in his debut for Maidstone in the National League. So, you know, clearly he's a good player at that level. Injuries have affected him and change of management. People didn't fancy him. But I think Steve Watt, as we know, is a, is a man who can put an arm around a player and sort of, you know, going maybe the career that he had saying, right, yeah, you can bounce back from from issues you've had. I'll give you a home here and we can get you firing. And if he does fire at Hyde, maybe he'll get back to the levels he's had before. So, but probably Steve, Steve Watt's a good manager to, to build a player up and just, you know, put her arm around him and say, right, well, the people he's got around him, the Franny Collins, the Alex Fisher, who've been there, um, it's a good managerial team to to boost a player's confidence. Yeah. And, and Hyde Town, you know, as, as you said, Matt, Wondered if it would be hard for them to replicate what they did last season when they came so close. But Steve, what's saying there? They're actually playing differently. You know, last year they didn't concede a lot of goals, felt the need to score more. Whereas this season they're perhaps conceding a little bit more, but they're also scoring a few more. And and you know he, he wants to be entertaining, and and I think he's in, enjoying himself again because as you say there has been that little bit of upheaval where he resigned in the summer and then said and then came back straight away. And and you know I think I think for Steve, what it's very important that he enjoys. His football enjoys his management, and and it sounded a little bit like there that he really is enjoying this season. Well, I, I think the, the people he's got around him, as I mentioned, Franny Collin, Alex Fisher, he's worked with him before, so I think that's half the the battle. Is he's just bringing people on. The results are important for Hyde. Uh, Hyde have always been at a side at this level, getting promoted. What he did last season, we thought was unbelievable. You know, ninety minutes away, getting promoted. Again, if they don't get to the playoffs this season or don't get as well as they did last season, is it a failure? Definitely not. I think they're going in the right direction as a club because lack of finances and a lot of sides around them with a bit more money. But I think Steve Watt is a manager that will grow into the role, which he is. Um, and I think he could move on to bigger and better things. So but what he can achieve at Hythe, getting them promoted, will be an unbelievable achievement. But I think in this division this year, with a lot of sides going for it, it's going to be tough for them, but they will bloody a few noses on the way and it wouldn't surprise me to get in the playoffs, but I think it'd be even a better achievement if they did it this season. Yeah, you talk about Steve Watt growing into the managerial role. He feels like Steve's been a manager for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's more than 18 months younger than our last guest who's still playing football, so, um, you know, that's... It's, it's very yeah, interesting. I know he'd be rude to Steve, he's always looked old, he's always looked old and even if he's 25, he's one of those uh, characters when he was at Dover, so... Um, yeah, but he, he's a good football man. Um, and I think uh, yeah, what he's doing at Hyde, you know, I, I think he probably should be managing higher level. And if he's, the experience he gets from Hyde, maybe we'll put him in the right direction. Uh, would you say that to his face? Well, he looks older than he did. Uh, <laughs> probably not. But, but you know you know where I'm coming from. So, you know, I'm you not know, saying you know where, as bad you know as where Steve, Steve, you know where we'll be on a Saturday at three o'clock if I've had got a game. You know where to find him, OK? <laughs> yeah. We'll keep up with his movements. You can have that conversation with him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this game on Saturday, though, the FA Trophy, you know, I always say teams at this state, this level, they're not going to win the FA Trophy. But that's a really big game on Saturday. And as he said, Ramsgate, they're in form. Ramsgate want to win every game. They want to give themselves the perfect preparation for their FA Cup tie. 
that's going to be a tough game for, for Hyde, but I think it's going to be a tough game for Ramsgate. It's just they won't want to go to Reachfield. So the last team to lose there, and they, and Ben Smith will know they're in for a, a, a challenge, won't he? Oh, Hyde are not going to give, give them any um, opportunity to sit back and relax before the big FA Cup game the following week. I think Hyde will be looking to put down a marker. Ramsgate, we know, got a lot of games to catch up on. The big game is against Woking next Saturday. Would they look to rest a few players have got a big squad it'll be interesting to see but well, at least we're guaranteed well guaranteed a few sides in the next round when the national south come sides come in so um i suppose ramsgate would want to put down a marker before the, the cup game it should be a good game that one i have to say yeah it should be and and straight away when i said to steve oh you know some of the big clubs coming in he, he kind of knew where i was going with yeah. that one and he went oh yeah we could get a maidstone and, and for yeah. him he'd be delighted if they could get through and get maidstone uh, it was also interesting as well because i did have written down uh one of my questions oh you know as an Eastman league southeast manager you must be proud of the other teams that have got that far and and he actually just w- went completely in with that one and it is great for the whole league to see three teams getting through into the first round of the FA Cup. And, and you know, and it was really nice for Steve to say, actually, do you know what I, I, I think is exciting for, for the division? And, and, and I agree with him on that one. Oh, yeah. The Eastman South East must be cock-a-hoop this year with the sides that got to the first round. Um, I don't think any of them got there last season. So, yeah, three and one, three and one, all got decent ties. I, I think it shows the credibility and the quality of the league and, it can only improve the division as well when you're seeing sides like that. So, you know, we could you, one of these sides could get to the could do a third round of the FA Cup. What does that do to that division? Shows the quality of it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think every manager will be absolutely delighted for all the clubs. That, you know, the Ramsgates, the Sheppies, and the and the Cray Valleys getting this far. Absolutely, and delighted, of course. Uh, as we discussed last week, the TV cameras have come knocking. Uh, Sheppey United will be at home to Walsall on Friday night uh, next week, the 3rd of November. Uh, Cray Valley will also be live on the BBC in their game at Charlton. Uh, that's on the Sunday. Ramsgate didn't get the cameras, but they have sold out the game. Uh, more than 3,000 tickets sold before that. I think they were sold in just over a day as well. So, you know, the feel-good factor uh, is there. But on the FA Cup, Matt, I just want to talk very quickly about this. Um, I retweeted this from the podcast account. Horsham uh, of the Eastman League Premier Division, uh, obviously not on our patch. They've reached the FA Cup first round for the first time in donkey's years. They've got a lovely tie at Barnsley away. And the police have told them they've got to play it on Friday night. Horsham to Barnsley on a Friday night, not to be on the TV. And and there was a poor guy who was a Horsham supporter. And he said, I'm not, he said, I'm not going to be able to go to that. Because of this, because because you've done it, and he was like wrote basically an open letter to South Yorkshire Police saying, "Please don't do this to us." And, and, and I just feel really sorry. What was the reason? Then? Why was the why was it's why? it's the police apparently. This this is the this is the thing. He he sent a he sent an email saying, you know, I don't I'm really like massive fans. Exactly. Hundreds of Horsham fans have been denied the opportunity to attend what is one of the biggest games in our 142-year history. A sizable number of our adult supporters will not be able to attend this. They simply will not be able to take time off work. Families will not be able to set their children out of school, and those that do travel are now facing the cost of an overnight stay. Your force will have known the date for the FA Cup first round for months. Well, it's disappointed there's been a lack of foresight to put a plan in place to accommodate a 3pm Saturday kickoff if Barnsley was withdrawn at home. The cost of both clubs is considerable as there will be without doubt a smaller attendance than had the game been on Saturday or Sunday, leading to thousands of pounds lost revenue for both clubs. I sincerely hope you're not considering charging either club for failing due to 
a policing event on a more appropriate date as a result. I understand there are other parties involved in decision-making process, but as the leading authority, I would urge you to seriously consider the process for policing FA Cup ties in the future, or even do so for this fixture. And, you know, I feel really sorry for Horsham supporters because, you know, if it was if that was one of our teams and they'd pulled out Barnsley away and been told that, oh, you've got to go there on a Friday night, we'd all be gutted. So I, I hope some common sense can prevail. Is there any chance they can move it? Is, there, is, it, is the Barnsley police or the York, South Yorkshire police responded? I don't think there's been a response as yet, um, you know, but we're only, what, nine days away from that game yeah. now. So it seems unlikely. Um, absolutely shocking. Horsham can't say we don't want to play on the Friday. They've got to play. I suppose the FA are telling them to play, is it? You can't exactly. say. Well, can't they move it to the Sunday or something at three o'clock? Who knows? Uh, back into the Ishmael League South East, Sheffield United bounced back uh, from their weekend defeat on Tuesday with a 3-1 over Lansing. Uh, a late Denzel Gale goal earned Cray Valley a point at home to Littlehampton, but Seven Oaks lost 1-0 at Burgess Hill. Uh, Ramsgate host Horndean uh, on Wednesday evening, by which time you'll already, some of you will have already listened to these words. Uh, fixtures on Saturdays, Burgess Hill against Phoenix Sports. Herne Bay host here with Belvedere. Uh, Ashford go to Horndean, Sheppey go to Merstham, it's 7 8 against Chichester, and then on Tuesday night uh, it's Hythe Town against Littlehampton. But before that, uh, for three of those teams, it's the FA Trophy uh, on Saturday. As we've already said, it's Hythe against Ramsgate, uh, Cray Valley go to Chatham. Uh, the other ties involving our team, or the other tie involving our teams, is Cray Wanderers against Chesham United, which is also three o'clock on Saturday. Oh, I'm off just... to that one, John. I'm off to uh, Chatham v Cray. Chatham v Cray, lovely. What a what a way to spend a Saturday. It'd be a good one, actually. Yeah. yeah. So we'll catch up. Chatham, I suppose Chatham are doing. You know, looks like. Uh, well, we'll go through the league table in a minute, but um, yeah, I think a uh, big game for them as well. I think Chatham would like a cup run, particularly after the FA Cup and Cray. You know, you, you're looking at all eyes in the Charlton game eventually, aren't you? Absolutely. Uh, you're talking about the Eastern Premier League. There were two games for our four Eastern League Premier Division teams and uh, we've had better weeks, to be honest. Uh, out of those eight fixtures, uh, Chatham were the only winners as they beat Concord 3-1 on Saturday. Uh, Margate, meanwhile, hit back to draw 1-1 with Hashtag United. Same score for Cray Wanderers at Potter's Bar. But Folkestone were beaten 3-0 at Kingstonian. Uh, Chatham then drew 1-1 at Hashtag on Monday night. Before on Tuesday, it was defeats all round. Cray Wanderers still in the bottom four after they lost 2-1 at Canvey Island, while Margate went down by the same score at home to Hastings, leaving them 16th. And Folkestone are only two points and three positions better off, having played two more games than their East Kent rivals as well, after letting a 2-1 lead slip to lose 4-2 at runaway leaders Hornchurch. Uh, no disgrace in losing to them, Matt, but it really hasn't been a very good start for him, Victor, has it? No, uh, disappointing. Um, they're sort of changing the squad around. They've just got to move on up. We thought they'd be doing well. It's quite a tight division. I think this season there's a lot of sides who've got a bit more money than Folkestone. I think maybe bedding it in. Still getting good crowds though, Folkestone, so the, the support is still there. But I think they'll be disappointed that results aren't going as well on off the on the pitch, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think they've had better times. I saw on Tuesday night that they were winning 2-1. And then by the time I got home, I'd, I'd been busy at work and everything. I looked to, to do the score to, to finish off writing the script. And they'd lost 4-2. Uh, and, and, you know... Wasn't expecting him to win at Hornchurch for a second, but I looked at the team that Folkestone had out. And what they've built themselves on is having all these players that have been there for years, and they haven't really got that anymore. You know, it, there's been massive turnaround in, in, in the playing squad, and maybe they're just not gelling. And I wonder if there might be some question marks from people up above about how the season's going. Uh, it's always going to be tough, I think, you know, taking over from Neil Cugley. And last season they did 
pretty well. Uh, I think you're right that maybe it's more they sort of blo- trying to blood some of the younger players coming through. I know you've got Andy Drury still playing, but um, it will be interesting to see where they where they go from here. Dave Smith, they brought him back for a fee. Of course, Folkestone have been taken over in the summer as well, haven't they? So new board, um, given the new the management a chance. I wouldn't say it's particularly, you know, when I saw them against Margate, I thought they looked pretty good. Um, but, but they will want to be under a little bit of pressure, I think, because Folkestone will, will expect to be in and around the playoffs. But you know, they're showing they have got quality, but not finishing the game off again. 2-1 up with 20 minutes to go at Hornchurch. You know, Hornchurch have got some good players at this level, there's no doubt, and they're likely to win the league. So, But, yeah, I think they will be a little bit disappointed. As you mentioned, there are players who had that feeling with the crowd. But the, the crowds are still good. The crowds aren't deserting them at the moment. But, yeah, I, I think they need to pick up the results because they don't want to be sucked into a relegation battle. I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said you saw them at Margate and they played well, but they didn't get a result. And, that, and yeah. that's yeah. I think that's the frustration you know, I don't necessarily think they're playing terribly, but the results are all that matters. Yeah. And you look at that league table and it's depression, apart from Chatham, who's still going great guns. They're second, although they are eight points behind the, the, the leaders for Hornchurch. But the other three, it's not been a great start at all for any of them. And that's very disappointing. Yeah, we've been aside. This division has always been quite well. We've had sides in and around the playoffs. Again, Margate, you know, win, draw win, draw, defeat in their three home games, so which is Margate to the core, isn't it? So um, they lost to Hastings, and Hastings have been a club in sort of a bit of turmoil. So, yeah, I think uh, it could be better in that division. And, I, and it surprises me because I expected least Cray and Folkestone to be in the right end of the table. Mm, you said it could be better in that division. Well, it's going to be, could be better in this next one as well in the National League South. Uh, it was another tricky week for our teams, just a couple of wins on Saturday to show for their efforts. Dartford beat former boss Steve King's Habit at Waterloo 2-0 and Tommy Jones beat high-flowing Bath, while Maidstone drew 1-1 with Farnborough, while Dover led twice before being held 2-2 by Hemel Hempstead, with the visitors netting a 97th-minute penalty to earn a point. Welling had a tough afternoon in Devon as they lost 5-1 to Torquay. Uh, then on Monday, Dover went um, one better than Saturday by leading three times at Chelmsford City before drawing three all. Before on Tuesday, it was goalless in the Kent Dive between Welling and Maidstone. Dartford drew at Eastbourne. Tom and Angels went down 4-1 at Farnborough. This division has been pretty good to us over the past six years, but right now it's not being as kind. We've got three of the bottom five, and Dartford in 12th, and Maidstone flying the flag in third, but generally pretty uninspiring, Matt. Uh, yes, Um from my viewpoint, Dover are getting better. But as somebody said to me, you're playing well and you're not winning games. That is a concern. What happens when you um, play uh, badly? Probably you lose. So um, you look at it, Dover have drawn the last four games. So you're unbeaten in four in the league. Scoring goals, which is a bonus. But you'd rather win two and lose two, I think, at that point. But they're going in the right direction. But they need to pick up a result from somewhere fast they are a better side than they were earlier in the season which is um and i don't think they're far off but they've got a you know saturday they should have won and clearly if, if you're three times up on on monday you should be winning as well and disappointing as well tunbridge you know that good result of the weekend beating bath are a good side then losing to farnborough who probably are a decent side as well well in you know well in a good result against maidstone I think they need to bounce back against that. They need to as well. So, well, Maystone doing well as well. Dartford not consistent enough, but I still think Dartford have probably got enough to get in the playoffs. It's quite tight in this division. 
again, if David won the last two, an extra four points, it's going to be very tight in that division. So I think it's one of these things, if you can go on a bit of a roll, you're going to be OK. It's just that we need some, particularly Tunbridge, Welling and Dover, need to start doing that. Uh, from a Dover point of view, is it a lack of experience, a, a lack of now, so you just can't see these games out? Um, probably a little bit. Uh, again, we, ne- we can't keep a clean sheet, which is, um, I think it's about 20 games since I've had a clean sheet now, which is a real problem uh, because, you know, luckily we're now scoring at the other end and we look like scoring, which we didn't do earlier in the season. So, But somehow we've got to get a clean sheet from somewhere. Um, just to build a bit of confidence. Um, I think it's going to go to the wire. Have they got enough quality um, to get there over the mark? It's still 30-odd games to go, isn't it? So it's a long way to go. If they carry on this trajectory, they will start winning matches. Um, so I, I think they'll be OK. And I think the same for Welling, from what speaking to Nigel. Welling have been a little bit unlucky as well. I, and I think they, they, they'll have enough to get out of it. It's just, if is there four worst teams particularly from David's point of view to keep them up I think with Welling from what I understand they they were pretty poor on Saturday uh, down in Torquay from what Nigel said to me you know they, they were in the game and then just completely went away and and difficult for Danny Bloor because Nigel was saying there might be some whispers from supporters who are feeling a little bit frustrated at how things are, are, are working out under Danny Bloor so far. But the guy's hardly had a chance to, to get his feet under the table. So I, I'm confident that they will turn it around once once he gets going. Um, and, and Dover as well, you know, I think, like you say, you're a better side than you were a few months ago. And I'm sure that the, these players, you know, these young players are only going to grow from the experience that they're getting. And, and you know, it's easy for Mitch Brundle, I suppose, now to say, look, you're going out there and you're taking the leads. You've got something about you. It's just keeping switched on when you're when you're in front. And and some of the Angels, you know, under Jay Saunders, they've got some good players, but it's the consistency that's the problem for them, as you say, to go and beat Bath and then and then lose at Farnborough, it, and not just lose, but lose four one as well. It's, it's it's disappointing. And you know, you'd like to think that all three of those teams have got more than enough to to have a turnaround. But also on the flip side of that, you need to do that pretty soon, don't you? Well, yeah, it's a big game in a couple of weeks. Dover at home to Welling. So Oof. that's a, a relegation six-pointer. So, um, yeah, I, guess I said last week that David probably needed some points to help Mitch Brundle out. I think the performances are improving, but there is people saying, you know, if you can't hold on to a lead, you're not going to get anywhere. And they're playing well, and that is the concern. I, I still think the Welling have got more firepower. And maybe, again, got a young defence as well. So it, it's keeping the clean sheets as... Is the thing, Dover could you know Dover could, if they're going to draw matches, you could do with a nil-nil rather than a three-all if, if you see where I'm coming from. Absolutely, yeah. This weekend, uh, Dover head to Farnborough. It's Hemel Hempstead against Dartford. Tumbridge Angels make the long trip west to Truro, although not as long as it could be because they are still not playing in Truro. Welling at home to Chippenham and Maidstone go to Western Supermare. In the National League, Ebbsfleet grabbed a point at Fylde on Saturday, a result that was made to look pretty decent by Fylde's midweek win over Oldham. But Ebbsfleet then went down 3 0 at South End on Tuesday night. But Bromley's hope great form goes on 3 1 winners over Oxford City on Saturday and then coming from behind at home to Dorking on Tuesday to win 2 1 thanks to a last gasp effort from Corey Whiteley up to third now Bromley they're also on the TV for the FA Cup feel good factor all around that place isn't there uh, yeah amazing um, I don't know how many people they had there yesterday um, they just uh, you know they're nailed on for the playoffs I'm absolutely convinced of that um, can they cause a shot against Blackpool 
I think they've got a chance because they're very good at home. So, uh, yeah, going in the right, he's, he's done a great job there, Andy Woodman. Um, still, still sees linked to various jobs, but uh, I, I think um, he's got a chance this season. You know, it looks like Chesterfield are going to run away with it, but I would say the second automatic promotion spot is totally up for grabs. And you wouldn't want to play Bromley at Bromley, I would have thought, in a, in a playoff semi final. There you go. No, absolutely. And all they can do is keep winning. You know, that they've. Well, well and, and, and yeah, I think they didn't win in their first five games. Look at them now. So probably the form team in the division. Um, and he lost to Chesterfield, didn't they, recently? But yeah, yeah look, they're a juggernaut and they've got some good players. So Ebsley, I'm sure. I'm sure Ebsley will come good. They're just going through a sticky patch, um, particularly away from home. So, uh, and I think there's been a little bit of disgruntlement I see on social media from some of the supporters. So, and you can understand that. But uh, you know, this shows the, the gap between the South and the, and the Premier Division. I think. I think for Ebsley, I think the expectation was high because of how good yeah. they were last season, and I think that they people were expecting them to knock on and be around the top 10. I certainly was at the start of the season. And as you say, maybe the gap's been bigger than than they've thought. But I do just wonder if, if tactically they've been found out a little bit. And that's that's my concern if I look at it from an absolute United point of view. But as I said last week, I haven't seen them play, uh, so I can't comment. They are at home to Dagenham on Saturday. It's a big game, that is, really. It's a big game at the bottom. Oh, I think yeah. So, have they got Dagenham in the Bromley Cup? They head to your favourite place in the National League. There's no Woking. That's the one. How did he get it? <laughs> there you mm. go. So probably go to Woking on Saturday. So uh, that will be a big game for, yeah. for them as well. Uh, that's it. Believe it or not, we've uh, got it all wrapped up, all the football before nine o'clock in the morning. Who'd have bloody thought that when I was uh, overslept and still in bed at five past eight, uh, having decided to do this at eight o'clock this morning. Uh, what have you been up to, Matt? Uh, watching anything exciting on the TV no, or still not, just struggling? Not, not, Struggle. Uh, we need to find some programs. Uh, no, not not a great deal. We watched the film the other day with Piers Brosnan. Um, it's one of these comedy ones, which wasn't too bad. But we haven't really been watching too much at all. Uh, NCIS, the, the new series of that. I've been watching that, but um, no, nothing too exciting. Why what, 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 they all went to watch the Trolls third film? I, I gave oh, that a miss. So yeah, so I managed to get out of that one. But, but yeah, apart from that, nothing. Not, nothing to. We need to get back on it, but. Um, what we on the telly front, but you settle down, have your dinner, and go to bed, mate. Really, what did I watch last night? I watched Bake Off last night. I suppose I won't give it away, but we've been watching Bake Off live, as so to speak. So I watched that uh, when I was when I got in from work uh, last night. So uh, I also did a load of washing at quarter past two in the morning. So that was uh, really. So, what time did you actually feel it get through the door after a late sh- last train then? So last night I got the train at ten past eleven. I think I got in at quarter to one, something like that. You you, you get you park at the train station, and then drive home, do you? After that, I, so I oh, this is really exciting. So I I park at the moment. I'm parking in Tunbridge right. uh, because I found somewhere that's free to park after two o'clock. So I can get then I can park up at two o'clock and then get the train either seven minutes past two or thirteen minutes past two, uh, and then I because it's a half hour direct train right to the outside of my office, as opposed to if I got the train from Eastbourne, where it would be uh, an hour and 40 minutes with a change oh, and going through Gatwick Airport. Um, so then I have about a 55 minute drive home after that. Right. Uh, in varying weather conditions, uh, with varying standard of drivers. I had really fun on Thursday night, I think it was, 
when it was absolutely bucketing it down. I don't even remember that. Yeah. Uh, but it was uh, the weather was absolutely horrific. And one um, special driver that was in front of me decided that because it was raining, uh, what these conditions really needed was to have their fog light on the whole way. Um, and it, I, I've never really noticed how bright they can be before. But it literally, it was like they had their brake lights on in front of me the whole way from Tunbridge Wells all the way down to Mayfield. And I, by the end of it, I was like, I've got a bit of a headache from just like looking at this. Um, so that was good fun. Um, but then other times, like last night, there's absolutely nothing on the roads and you can just uh, fly down, obviously, within the speed limit. I do always do that. Um, but it's pretty consistent journey time uh, coming home at that time of night. You know, I, I'm quite lucky, but it does make it uh a, a long old day so i have to be very careful not to um not, not to so get what do you up do in the early. mornings when you when you got to go to work at two do you, do you get up uh, later live the dream yeah i go up later i mean my two furry flatmates don't like the fact that i get up quite late uh they would prefer it if i was up feeding them at seven um but we, we're getting into we've got into a little bit of a routine with that so yeah i just i, I leave home uh about one o'clock or just before so I watch a bit of telly, I play a bit of Xbox, I go shopping if I need to go shopping, um, and then just get ready from... from sort of you can work from home, on. I suppose, at certain times if you needed it, did you? I can, yeah, I do, I do work from home every now and then on quiet days, but like last night was really busy with well, f- virtually a full football league programme, two Champions yeah. League games. There was absolutely no way I could have worked from home last night. And to be honest... Although I have the option, I actually like the atmosphere of being in the yeah. office. You know, it's, it, it, I think I'd really miss it if I was working from home uh, all the time, like a lot of people do. Um, so, you know, I, I yeah, I, I can't complain. Um, have you missed anybody famous again recently? Uh, I saw someone very famous about three or four weeks ago. Um, a well-known, uh, well, he's a, t- he's a media personality, I would say, uh, Arsenal supporter. Likes a bit of controversy. Um, oh, Piers Morgan was there, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Well, he does because we're in the same building as um, as Talk TV. So oh. uh, he was obviously he just strolled past uh, one day, a little bit shorter than I was expecting, actually. Um, I've seen Alex Salmond a few times. Oh, it is another one, actually. This is ah, here we go. Um, the other day, I was heating up my dinner. Went up to the microwave. I'd brought something in from from home to cook. Uh, went up to the microwave, put my food in, and next to me, also doing exactly the same thing, cooking his dinner, uh, was former England striker Darren Bent, which was quite a surreal experience uh, to be standing. Did you say to him, "What have you got, Darren?" I didn't actually. Um, there was a funny story. Um, so <laughs> I didn't say anything to him because I, you know, I'd, I'd have to remain professional all the time and and you know things like that. But I, that day, I'd just drawn up a rappers eleven for our uh, for a, we do a, a fun section on a Saturday, which always has a comedy eleven in it based on a, on a news story. Um, and I'd drawn up a rap eleven, which actually unfortunately never saw the light of day, but we've got it in the bank for for another day. And um, I'd literally, about an hour before I saw him, I'd put him up front in this team as Darren 50 Bent. Um, and, and I was going to say to him, hey, Darren, do, do you think this is funny? But I thought, do you know what? He'll just look at me and think you're an absolute... So you're on the same building as Talk Sport as well then, eh? Yeah, all owned by the same company. So, oh, right. yeah. So, um, yeah. So not, not a bad way to, to spend my evenings, but it's just that journey home and, you know, and... Yeah, but I, I love my job and a lot, a lot of people can say that I know that. So I'm very lucky. Um, you know, I get paid very well for what I do. And uh, yeah, live, live the dream. 
nine days in 14. Um, but I'm now not living that dream for the next four days because I've got plenty going on uh, in my uh, in, in my personal life, which I'm looking forward to. Got a little mini break this week. Uh, hopefully the weather won't be too bad, um, but it's just nice for uh, someone that I'm very close to to not have to get up and deal with other people's children uh, all week. Um, you know, she can just... Uh, lounge in bed and cuddle up to whatever she wants to so that's uh that's very good for too her. early for that talk john we better go we're not married matthew you take those words out of your mouth yeah, yeah. right man right yes yeah, so, yeah. anyway thank you everybody for listening to this week's show uh, you can find us on social media on twitter at kent and Only podcast you can find us on facebook search for kent only podcast and there is the group kent and Only football chat which is still growing in mem- in member numbers every single week which is great news uh you can find us on threads and instagram as well at kenton on the podcast i don't update either of them though so uh, there you go and you also find me on twitter at john phipps 81 and matthew is at matthew underscore gerard i did tag him in a, th- a thing on twitter the other day because i had a news alert saying uh, is the 28 pound harrod sandwich worth it so i assume matt is doing food reviews as well uh, i'm going to london the weekend oh, 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 on we friday so you never know i could, could pop in there and let you know yeah please do uh but thank you everyone for listening to this show this week thank you to paul vines and steve watt for their time really really enjoyed both those interviews uh thanks to matt for giving up his time early on a half term uh wednesday morning and we'll speak to you all next week on the kent Only podcast i can make the most of the day now john it's five past nine and we've done the pod get in i'm going back to bed